So yeah. Fuck you, um, Joya. <laughs> Go ahead. Fucking unnecessary. <laughs> Coming to you from the fightsite.com. It's the best damn jujitsu podcast ever. Say os again. Os. Welcome, everybody, to a new edition of Say Os Again. Os! This is your ho- uh, podcast host, Matt. And again, I am joined by the always handsome Ben Cohen. Why is it a new edition? It's just a new episode. What? Damn, <laughs> I'm trying to, like, spice it up, you know? It's the fourth episode. If we need to spice it up already, we're doing something wrong. Fucking ugly, too, man. You could have kids with Margot Robbie and it'd still be ugly. Me or Ben? (laughs) Ben's a very handsome man. Have you seen his kids? They're fucking adorable. Matt, I'm not going to lie. Your haircut looks ridiculous. I haven't showered. It's not. not, Yeah, usually your hair is actually on point. What the fuck? It's actually one of your better qualities. Well, I don't have any gel in it and I just woke up, so. Embarrassment to Italians. I'm not. I'm like a quarter Italian. You're mostly just an embarrassment. You're an embarrassment to whatever your ancestry is. And that voice, everyone, is uh, Tom Elliott. How are you, Tom? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. And today's topic is something I have absolutely no qualifications discussing. We're going to be talking about passing for the next few episodes. Uh, In this episode specifically, we're going to discuss the different styles of passing for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So, uh, Tommy, you want to take it away from here? Yeah, sure. So... You know, I think it's uh, when you when you talk about passing, there's obviously lots of different type, like different named passes, right? Different techniques, but what it really comes down to with passing is uh, is what style of passer you want to be. Um, and I think most people either gravitate towards one of two ways of approaching things at a high level. It's either going through the person. The, the guard player, where you're really controlling the position all the way through the pass, and you are eliminating their options one by one, taking up more space until the point where they can't stop you from getting to, to side control or sometimes directly to mount. And then the other method is really what I think of as misdirection passing. And I, I hate the, the notion of speed versus pressure passing. I think that's a total misnomer because all passing requires pressure to be successful. But... In, you know, for somebody who's, who's more of a misdirection pass or someone like, you know, Leandro Lowe, for instance, you're not necessarily taking the guy's options away and blasting through him. What you're doing is you're presenting him, as John Danher would say, dilemmas where he has to react. And then based upon his reactions, you're, you're redirecting his legs and hips and you're going around to, uh, to side control. Um, and I think those are really kind of the two major paradigms of passing. And when you are trying to figure out your passing style, right? So when you're you're getting better at passing, this usually happens for most people like mid to late purple belt. It's very rare that you see blue belts who are like really good passers. Um, 
you kind of want to think about which one of those suits you better psychologically and start adding elements to your game that allow you to uh, to pass in that fashion. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's that to me is kind of the basic paradigm of, of the styles, but there's just so much interplay between the guards and people are trying to play against you and, um, you know, how you pass, and, and especially at the highest level strategically, what you're trying to take away from your opponents in terms of the kind of guards they can play against you. Um, we can get into more of that later, but uh, I, I want to hear what Ben thinks about that kind of framing. No, I'm actually perfectly, I mean, I don't really have too much to add with that. I mean, it, it really is those two different styles of passing, and there's the different variations of how people do them, obviously, high or low, um, you know, if they're going to be reactive or proactive in the way that they actually approach those things. Uh, but the actual paradigm itself, and I, I'm in complete agreement with the misdirection versus uh, straight through um, <clears throat> paradigm that you, you've, you've uh, uh, elaborated on. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's really interesting when you, uh, I'm, I'm going to go back to kind of the speed versus pressure thing, just because I think this is such a common misconception, it's probably worth addressing. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you see um, these guys get into scrambles, like, uh, you know, Andre Gavau's famous for, especially younger where he's, you know, just moving from side to side, jumping around the guy, shifting his legs back and forth, and people think like, oh, what's he doing? Like, well, he's like pinning his legs and running around. Like, well, it's not really it. If you watch the whole sequence, there's almost always some sort of pressure setup, whether it's, you know, coming in for a hard knee slice or trying to get to an over-under, um, you know, something that initiates a, a reaction from the opponent that sets off a chain where now you're, you've got your reaction, you're trying to stay ahead until you can get to the point where you establish position. Um, you know, the Mendez brothers did this a lot. Uh, McGee was a very heavy uh, pressure passer, mostly knee slicing, but, but Hoffa would do a lot of stuff where he would pressure in with the knee slice and then the guy react and he'd long step and, uh, and start you know moving side to side and, and usually ending up in a leg drag. Uh, Marcello actually did a lot of this, I think, with his passing back in mm -hmm. the day, um, especially the back step. Marcello was a huge fan of the back step and forcing yep. the back guard and going. Um, super effective. So, uh, you know, I think any passer you want to pick, you can kind of slot them into one of these two two styles and, and again like the top guys can do everything right yeah. so you see you'll see the top guys who may be very heavy pressure go to you know go to a misdirection pass when the opportunity presents itself but usually guys have tendencies i can only really think of two guys off the top of my head who always pressure pass uh who always like slow grinding through the middle pressure pass and that's um bernardo faria yes and, <laughs> i was gonna say bernardo and, and crazy. yeah those those two those two, two guys big slow guys yeah and 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 the, i think the reason why people kind of like think of like it as a speed versus pressure is because you do see tend to see like a lot of the guys who use misdirection tend to romeo uh <laughs> thank you matt um you do tend to see that um the the more athletic and and faster guys do tend to gravitate or at least display that misdirection passing a lot more uh, prominently than guys like uh, Bernardo or, or Hodger, because Hodger and Bernardo just aren't necessarily going to have the most success utilizing those styles just due to the fact that, you know, at the top, especially as time goes on now and now more and more, we are seeing more athletes get involved in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because of the popularity of the sport. Um, and and the prize money obviously going up. And there's, there's money to be made in Jiu-Jitsu now, so we are seeing, you know, former wrestlers come in. Let me rephrase that, Matt. 
there's more money than there used to when IBJJF paid you with a medal and then you had to pay for your flights. Better? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, and it's, I, we're going to see a lot more wrestlers coming on. And I think that that kind of style is always going to be something that athletes gravitate towards more a little bit. So it's always going to have that miss, I guess that misnomer attached to it. Um, but I think for, for, we're talking about the highest level, we should, you know, focus on people who are coming up. Um, I think that uh, picking something and, and kind of getting a feel for what you like doing more or feel or earlier on getting more success at is something that you should focus on because you're going to have time if you continue to train to learn how to, you know, integrate the two different paradigms of passing with each other and into each other. But becoming really good at one thing is better than eh, at both or not really understanding how to utilize both. At least that's my personal thought process on it. Yeah, and I think that certain, much like in our guard discussion, there are staging positions for passing mm -hmm. systems that tend to lead themselves into either more of a more of a misdirection style. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're a guy who's generally dropping to your knees when you uh, when you get on top and trying to get into some kind of over under position or double under, um, you know that staging position is going to lead you to low line pressure passes. Yeah. Like that's that's what you do from there. Yeah. Uh, whereas you're if you're somebody who's maintaining a fairly far distance and doing a lot of stuff, playing a lot with um, uh, uh, ankle grips, right? So like pants grips, um, you're going to end up having a style that's more about moving in and out, like like dropping into knee slices, using the reaction to go to leg drags and toriandos. Like that's that kind of approach is. Um, is going to lead to that. So, um, you know, again, I, I mentioned really like Leandro Lodemy is kind of the, the quintessential misdirection passer because mm -hmm. um, that's almost all he does. <laughs> yeah. He does have a good knee slice, but he oh, yeah. mostly to set up misdirection stuff. He forces you to react. And then there's also that kind of like mid-range stuff where, which is something uh, I find myself a lot in, like the guys who like, like you could, that allows you to kind of utilize both styles where you can decide to go into that pressure uh, passing low line style yeah. or come up straight up the middle, or you could kind of back off and then work your misdirection game, Toriandos and, and, and pinning the knees. Yeah, Matt, you look like you actually want to say something. Go. Yeah, I was going to say, because um, uh, Leandro Lowe is a Cicero Costa guy, interesting tidbit. Uh, one of the professors, uh, Italo Mora, mm -hmm. uh, he's won a couple uh, opens, being world champion uh, as Change Mail Hill Taylor. He said the worst thing about training with Leandro is his knee cut. He said <laughs> the worst thing to deal with, more than his uh, misdirection passing. So yeah. I thought I'd throw in that little tidbit. Speaking of the knee cut, it's it's the it's my, it's my favorite pass, and it is, in my opinion, like it's it's the best pass. I actually think the I think the knee cut is the most universal pass. Yeah, uh, I think basically all the top guys have a good knee slice. Yep. Uh, um, you kind of have to um, because it's, it's actually very interesting because it's really a bridge between pat, uh, pressure and misdirection systems mm -hmm. because most of the guys who like to misdirect set it up with the knee cut because you can stay on your toes, right? You can stay in like a low squat where you still have a lot of mobility where you are applying a lot of pressure, but when you feel energy come back towards you, you are in a position where you can react to that. Whereas if you're like on your knees, even if you're correctly not on uh, the top seat, your insteps, right? If you actually have live toes, you still can't move the same yeah. way as uh, as you can from a knee slice position. So, yeah, whether it's 
you know, someone like Hamala Bahal, you mentioned earlier in the, in the chat, Matt, who uh, just like a super pressure knee slicer, um, combining with the cross choke, interestingly enough, which um, is a very interesting style that I've never really seen anyone replicate. Um, you know, that's a very heavy pressure knee slice. Whereas, again, like Leandro Lowe, I believe his knee slice is terrible, like, believe me, but um, you do see him a lot against really good guys using the knee slice to set up um, the misdirection stuff. It's also one of those things that just trans translates really well, both in the gi and no gi. It's not something that is like favors yeah. one or the other. It just works yeah, wonderfully. It it's perfect from butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get if you can get your foot in the middle. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, if you're, you're going to play butterfly, you got to be pretty good at stopping guys from splitting your uh, splitting your butterfly and stepping into the middle. It, yep. It, or it'll always yells at me if I don't go for a knee cut right from the butterfly. So. It is a great. It is a great way to. Uh, it, it's such a versatile way of of cutting through guards too. It, it shuts down so much if it's executed really well. You you bypass any sort of long guard once you're already in that spot. So you're, you're you've already been passed, and you can get to that point from a misdirection, or you can kind of slowly pressure your way there. You could blitz right through, which is something that I, I think is very underrated. Um, just you. Because like really, really, if you have a really strong knee cut, you can just step in and go. And uh, Matt can attest to that with me. That's kind of my, my shit. Yeah, you can. I mean, I, I think if you're just stepping in and going without grips, if you're you're at some risk against better guys and then just coming up, letting you do it, and then just coming up on a single and single legging you as you go past. Um, you know, that's that's essentially what I try to do when uh, mm -hmm. guys come in super aggressive on the knee cut without good grips. Um, you know, if you're not keeping the guy fairly flat, uh, mm -hmm. that's always there for him. But, you know, if you um, if you scramble well enough and you're confident in your ability to win off a scramble, especially if you have a good front headlock game, um, that's uh, that's absolutely a viable option. Knee cut, do a loose knee cut at knowing the guy's going to come up and then just guillotine him. Yeah. You guys can't see it right now, but I'm having PTSD from Ben. <laughs> uh, I have a so the, what he's what he's what he's saying and what Tommy just explained is essentially that if you have a knee cut, so what my knee cut is is essentially I'm I will test the waters with my foot to see what the reaction of of whoever I'm rolling with is, how they're going to react to me stepping in. If they're going to let me step in, I just blitz right through and try to work that knee cut. And uh, the, what Tommy said is also really important that yes, you, if it's in the gi, make sure you have your grip on the collar and the sleeve and as you're doing the knee cut so that you can basically take away whatever you want. However, if you know that the person's going to come up on a shitty single, <laughs> uh, you can then use that reaction to uh, get the front headlock and get that. Uh, I really don't know what the Jack Hermanson guillotine is. I don't know what it's called or if there is a name for it. Joker guillotine. And I don't, some coming up on singles now. Well, I mean, you should, but, like, do it well. Well, I mean, look, like, whenever anybody, any of my students ask me how to defend guillotines from, like, bottom half guard and coming up on singles, I always tell them the same thing, which is, like, well, you know, tuck your chin, fight hands, and uh, get guillotine like, 10 million times, yeah. and eventually you'll develop the sensitivity with your chin to avoid it. And then you can finish the single, and then the guy doesn't have shit. Um, but you're going to get guillotined a lot before you figure out how that works. And occasionally, even against good guys, you might get guillotined. So, yep. you know, it's it's there. You stick your head in, you get guillotined. Guys are going to attack your head. 
Yeah, guillotines, I know we're off topic, but um, yeah, like one thing that I, I'm thankful for, uh, Gene Sikirsky, who we got to have on one of these days, by the way, for for one of the episodes. Um, yeah, I'm basically unguillotinable for most people at this point. Like, unless you're just that much better than me or that much more athletic. Just, it's it's eight years of getting guillotined. You're eventually going to not get guillotined. Yeah, you figure yeah. it out. Yep. Uh, back to passing. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, I want to go back to... Um... I don't want to say outside passing, but I guess misdirection passing sure. and direct pressure passing. I think the best way it was explained to me is actually uh, from friend of the site, DPS Breakdown. I don't know if you guys have seen his Headhunter series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically he says the, the main concept for the guard uh, guard passing is either A, control, is basically control and conquer. And I think outside passing, you're trying to breach it and then control it. Versus uh, direct passing, which you're trying to conquer the hip line and then control the head. Uh, that's something you guys agree with, or am I just full of shit? S- set breach. Uh, the first one you said breach and what? Yeah. So you, the way he explains it is you're trying to breach the hip line. Right. It's either you control the hips and then pass them, mm-hmm. or you go through them first and then control. So. When you talk about what a pass is it's it's i mean it seems super obvious but you're getting past the legs and hips to control the upper body right Right. so you can either do that by slowly walking up the body um you know if you watch like good over under passers first they control your hips over under then they will usually eventually get to the point where they give up the over-under, but they'll go into a half, like a really dominant top half where they get the underhook um, on either side and they're super tight and they're, you know, their hips are high. And uh, then from there, you can pass either directly to side control or to, to mount. Like I'm, I'm really actually really big on passing directly to mount. Um, and, you know, that's that's going through the guy, right? That's walking up control. But if you're a misdirection passer, an outside passer, yeah, I mean, what you're doing is you are trying to go directly from at, away from the hips to topside control. You're trying to bypass all the inter- intermediate steps and just go. Now, the reason that I think the misdirection concept is important is against anyone good, the only way you can do this, the only way you'll have the time to do this is if you get them to do something wrong that gives you that time, right? If you, you have to get them to make a reaction that that gives you the space to go from further outside all the way to controlling inside control. If you just throw the leg, like try to run around the legs of a good guy, he's always going to be able to react quickly enough to stop you. It's You have to get him moving one way so that you can go the other, and that's what gives you the time to actually establish that upper body control before he can do anything. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's it, conquering the hips in general is just... I think that's just what you need to do when you're whenever like whenever you're passing it. The, the hip line is kind of the most important thing that you have to control whenever you're trying to bypass someone's guard, whether it's misdirection or whatever. Like even even if you're trying to go around it, right? You still have to control them in some fashion, control their hip line, whether you're using their legs or not to do so, or actually putting pinning pinning them down. Uh, you're always looking to control their hips because if you don't have control of their hips, then you don't really have control of their body necessarily unless you're already past the guard. For example, if you're in a high side control, you can you don't need to control the hips as much. You're controlling the upper body to the point where their hips are no longer in play. But as long as their hips are in play, 
conquering the hips or controlling the hips is, in my opinion, important regardless. Whether you're doing it by pinning it long enough just to get past it or you're slowly but surely breaking them down with an over-under pass or, 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 or the under or, or uh, a leg drag or whatever it might be or knee cut, you're still pinning those hips in some fashion. You're still conquering the hips to use his terminology. So I would say both misdirection and pressure passing, it, it's of the utmost importance, even oh. if you're not necessarily doing it in the same fashion. Yeah. I think when you talk about more outside misdirection passing, your passes really fall into one of three families. You've got your Toriandos, you've got your leg drags, and you've got your long steps. And those will all kind of bleed into each other, but you're, you're, you're always doing one of two things. Either you are forcing their hips in a direction other than what you're going, which is what you do in a Toriando or a leg drag, or you are freeing your legs and moving toward their upper body and preventing them from following you with their legs, which is what you do in a long step. So, but in either case, yeah, I mean, you, you have to prevent them from, from getting their hips back square to you. I mean, that's, that's kind of the fundamental rule of, of guard retention is if you can keep your hips square to the guy trying to pass you, he's not going to pass you. It's when your hips get, Miss, get get directed to a line other than his body, like when you're hit, like when you can't get your fucking like taint directly uh, pointing at his center line, that you're gonna get passed. I mean, it's yeah, and for those of uh, those of people listening who understand or or care about striking, same idea on the feet. Like you're always trying to get off your get. get they always say get make sure it's on your center line. Like like. If if your if your opponent is to your right and you're facing this way, you're gonna get fucking clocked. It's the same idea. If you're not if your opponent is not facing you, you're gonna pass their guard, unless they're pulling some weird donkey guard shit. I don't know, but like which and if you are doing that, know that I hate you and I hope that something bad happens to you. So uh, interestingly, though, think about it. When you're playing donkey guard, if you were the kind of psycho to play donkey guard, is your team not facing the center line? It's facing the center line, just in the reverse direction, <laughs> a little closer than it should be to your it's face. Just, it's stupid, but it actually does not violate the fundamental principle. It that's that's what actually is kind of funny. People think of these crazy guards, like or, or these crazy things, like oh shit, what the hell was that? If you actually look at them and break them down, for the most part, if they're replicable in some fashion, they generally they just don't really break the the actual conventional. Uh, and fundamental techniques that you need to be successful in guard retention or guard passing or whatever it might be. So, um, but from from the perspective of what you're saying with that, either either misdirecting, you're like you're pull, putting the hips in the ow, fuck. <laughs> you're putting your your what? What? We so go back to the TP podcast where you said you couldn't curse. Yeah, that was actually very funny when he asked. How that was very cute. He's so wholesome, so wholesome. He's a middle school teacher. Right, yeah. but he, like, none of his students are listening to this. <laughs> well, not his middle school students. Probably not. One would hope. Um, uh, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, oh, with the, um, the Toriando and the, and the, okay, so the, 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 you're stepping past them and preventing them from being able to recover their hips. Um, and to bring it to, you know, passing up the middle, uh, it's, 
you're always just trying to pin the hips. Whether you're trying to go one way or the other way is the, is the thing that changes as opposed to passing up on, on uh, standing passing or up or outside passing or misdirection passing. Um, you're pinning the hips. You're usually going to go in the direction you got, that, that that direction. However, if they're trying to follow you, there's always, like you said, the back step, or you can go around the other way towards the back. Um, the same principles apply to both. It's just the method by which you're pinning the hips is is what's going to change, or controlling the hips. Is a better way of putting it. Yeah, I mean you can control the hips directly, mm -hmm. like like you do in mm -hmm. over passing, besides passing, etc. Or you can control them indirectly, like you would with leg drags and contortions um, and long. Yeah, you're doing it via control of the the pant leg. Which is one reason that those passes, you don't tend to see those passes as often, or at least in very different forms in Nogi. Um, you know, I think the the passing game is, is so, it's so interesting how different the passing game is, Gi versus Nogi. Uh, it's a lot harder to pass Nogi, in my oh, opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, we see a lot more blitz passing in Nogi's games like Mateus Dinius is, is a lot more common in nogi just due to the nature of, of the actual uh, i guess quote i would say it's at this point a different sport almost yeah it's it's pretty different i mean i don't know if it's as different as like greco-roman versus freestyle wrestling but it's approaching yeah. that it's approaching that yeah i have a fun drinking game for the podcast every time ben mentions a marcelo alum you have to take a shot that was the first time i mentioned someone bernardo we talked about marcelo before he mentioned bernardo okay I've already taken many shots. I can't drink right now. Cutting weight. Not cutting, but whatever, dieting. Ben, I wish I could do pad rounds with you so much. I, I really feel like if I lived near you, I would become a much better fighter much quicker. Okay, okay. Let's go back to jiu-jitsu. No one cares about right. <laughs> I said Matt, fighter. I you should, Matt, have you ever rolled uh, with MMA gloves and punching? Uh, I did it once. Tornikian's punched me in the face. That doesn't count. That's just a super athlete. He's a no, super athlete. Yeah. No, aside from Tornike, which is a great first experience, no. Oh, man. It's worth doing. It's worth spending some time doing. I mean, I'll do it with Matt. It'll, at this it'll, point, I'll change, probably, it'll I'll, change your thoughts. I'll beat the shit out of Matt, though. On what Jiu-Jitsu is. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu is not I'm not going to lie. Jiu-Jitsu without punching is really bullshit. Yeah. Um, it's very... Okay. If any of our listeners would pay on Patreon to uh, video of me and Ben being the shit out of me from with MMA gloves from the ground. Um, <laughs> I love I have, that you were I about have, to say beating the I, shit out of each no other and backtracked no. before you did. Yeah, I have no self-worth, so do it. Uh, if you pay me, I'll let them do it. I don't care. I like how you're like, you'll let me do it. Like, you have a choice in the matter once we decide. No, like, I'll, I'll go through it. I'll probably do it anyway, but... Yeah, um, so one of the things that actually uh, about my game is, I, uh, I don't know if you guys could tell by the fact when I, well, people have read some of the stuff I've written. I'm very system-oriented. Uh, I, I, I need to have about one entry point to branch off of. And what I'm working on currently is having a specific entry that I can get to and then do multiple types of passing. So uh, right now I'm really working on getting to the headquarters. Uh, specifically, uh, when people go for Delegeve on me, because define headquarters for people who don't know what that is. So typically, um, you have one knee. So you're basically in like a combat-based position. There's a couple ways to do it. I actually do it so that I'm angled slightly um, with my shoulders facing my, my 
my near my uh, my left shoulder. So if I stand with left foot forward, my left shoulder is in line with the person's head. Yeah, you're I have one. You're trying to initiate the knee cut essentially. No, I'm not going from there. I'm pushing. So I'm pushing the first knee down, uh, the outside yeah. uh, foot down, sitting on it like it's a butterfly hook, and then having like a combat base with my leg hooking the other knee. You're like hooking the other knee. Okay. No, 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 no. has a different way of doing it. Yeah, I would say because I think I think for most people when you say headquarters, what they're probably going to think of is Lovato, because I think he was the first guy to really use that terminology widely and, and do videos on it. Um, when I think headquarters, I typically think one knee in the middle, um, either starting to kind of move into a knee cut or going straight up the middle yeah. with the other leg underneath, and then you've got, you know, some kind of grip. But you're in basically a low squat kind of with your knee yeah. right up the liner kind of issue. One of their legs is in, is in between my knees, and then the other one is at my uh, left ankle. And what I'm basically looking for is either their knee is um, is straight up against my chest, uh, like uh, vertically, uh, and then from there I can switch to a knee cut. Yep. And then if it yep. drops, I go for a hip smash and then turn out to go to the back and take the back that way. Right. Um, I think I think a lot. Uh, DPS. I'm actually I'm a huge fan of his. Talks about having either a technique or a system. Yep. How would you go building a system of passing? Um, and would you do it so that it has either, um, I guess, uh, misdirection passing and uh, direct passing or just one or the other? Yeah. So I think that, first of all, you absolutely need a system. Um, I think, frankly, every position you need a system to the extent that you have some you have some basic cues. Right. We talked about this a lot playing guard, but it's true for literally every position. You have some some basic uh, things you want to achieve, some positional things you want to achieve, and then from there you have cues that tell you what's going to be the right technique for the situation. So for passing, like you're talking about, you get to the headquarters position. Um, from there, whether you want to do misdirection or passing is really a question of your athleticism, your weight class, um, and your psychology. Um, you know, now I, I would say that I'll, I'll touch weight class first because I think this is there, there's this idea that like small guys have to do all this really complex misdirection passing and big guys can just pressure pass. Like there's some truth to that because just because of strength to weight ratios, like being on bottom is is less bad the smaller you are, right? The bigger you are, the worse it is to be on bottom because you're just carrying more weight and you're not gonna be as strong relative to your and your opponent's weight. Uh, but uh, I would say I believe three-time world champion Celsino uh, is a vicious, vicious pressure passer at lightweight. Um, Guy Mendez basically just knee-sliced everybody to win three or four world titles um, at uh, featherweight. You can absolutely be a pressure passer uh, at lower weight classes. Buchecha is all over the place, right? Like he, he is uh, very much a misdirection passer as a super heavyweight and one of the best super heavyweights we've ever seen. So you, you can do, you, you can get away with it if you have the right attributes and the right psychology at any weight class. But the most important thing 
is really psychology. And I think this is true of almost everything. It's what do you find yourself naturally gravitating towards? What makes sense to you? What do you like? Um, and that's what you should, that's what you should build on. So if you have a really good coach, they're going to see what you gravitate towards and like what you just naturally do when you're rolling. And they're going to help you build out systems and, um, the, the necessary staging positions for those systems based upon what they see. So if they see that you're a pre like you're a pressure guy who likes to stay low, um, they're going to show you how to take a standing pass into a knee pass to get to an over under and to get into a broader system there to uh, you know to work that over under passing into a good half guard to smash through. Um, even if you're a big guy, if you're very nimble and you're good at misdirection, then they'll show you how to get into like your leg your leg drag grips and how you can turn that into a, uh, or I'm sorry, your long step grips is what the Mendes Rose always call it, where you can, you have one, a collar grip and then a pants grip um, with your uh, rear hand and you can knee slice from there, you have a long step from there, um, you know, and, and go from there into a leg drag. So I, I think it's really mostly a question of psychology, a little bit of weight class, but really just whatever you, you do well. Yeah. yeah, staging positions and systems are super important. Absolutely, and I, I really like that you brought up like the the mentality and and the the temperament of the person being what should actually dictate how you determine what your your main passing game or in this game passing game, but in general just your your fighting game or whatever whatever it applies to is who you are will have a lot more of an effect in determining how you do what you do in a combat sport. Um, if you're somebody who likes to, who just naturally isn't the most aggressive person, trying to force you to be an aggressive pressure passer is not necessarily going to be the most uh, conducive thing to, to helping you grow as a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, competitor or whatever it is in, in, in this case. Um, so I think that's really important to bring that up, absolutely. Uh, with regard to having a system in place, I mean, I think it's of the utmost importance having one specific staging ground to be able to implement the different um, attacks that you like to utilize and implement a staging ground that you feel comfortable in defending when the person attacks you or fights back is extremely important because if you don't really have like a, if you don't have a place where you could feel like, okay, I could go here and then everything can link off of that. Everything in my game works from this spot. So as long as I can get here, I feel safe. I feel comfortable. I feel secure and I feel like I can attack. I can do this. I can do that. So, and, and having it in an easily accessible place or a secure accessible place is, is also really important. So you're talking about, uh, headquarters being your position. Well, that's a super reliable place to be, but as long as you can get there, right? Because you do have to get to there, right? It's not. Uh, just simply standing tall and, you know, getting grips on the knees and then working from there. You know, you have to be able to reliably get to the headquarters spot. However, it's an excellent staging ground and one that I utilize all the time. Um, so, yeah, overall, I, I, I absolutely agree with that sentiment. And I think that the mentality uh, point that you brought up, Tommy, was really, really important. Bella's yeah. crying, so I'm going to give her back to Rissy. All right. And yeah, headquarters is actually um, the, the first position that I teach people um, in terms of passing, the first kind of cue that I give them, because you can work both a very pure pressure style from there or a very misdirection style. Um, you know, that, that knee cut really allows you to go into an over-under uh, series if you want to. It lets you go into toriandos, long steps if you want to. 
It lets you just work the knee slice itself, which again is kind of the king of passes, right? Like if you want to, um, it works very well nogi as well. Uh, it's not as vulnerable to leg locks as other ways of staging your passing, so it, you know it's very good in that respect. Um, so yeah, you know I, I think that uh, Murillo's uh, not surprisingly uh, doing a good job coaching you to have uh, have you starting from there and, and working that knee slice versus um, leg weave, leg smash uh, series. And that, I mean, that works really well. Like, uh, you know, if you go back and watch Adolfo Vieira when he was just tearing through everyone, a lot of his passing was just that, just comboing back and forth on that knee slice to, to leg weave, leg smash kind of position. Um, you know, and he could beat everybody but Buchecha doing that, so. DPS actually, I, I, yeah, we keep bringing up DPS, but he's got a great series called Headhunter Passing, and it's all headquarters and adults. And uh, very, uh, very, very good content. This stuff's always good. I also would like to point out that uh, Ben called Jiu-Jitsu fighting, so I have brainwashed him. Like, you two have brainwashed my guard and passing. I, I said like, Jiu-Jitsu or fighting, not Jiu-Jitsu. That's fighting. Check the tape. And I think that is a great way to close this episode. Fighting <laughs> not not jujitsu as a person. It's a little shit. <laughs> I actually have a big shit, but all right. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank Tom and Ben uh, for joining us once again, and I look forward to speaking with you guys again soon. We should probably tell them next time what we're doing. All right, cool. Oh yeah, next time we'll probably take a look at uh, one of the foremost misdirection passers, probably Nicholas Marigali, since he's the best and a handsome boy. And then uh, if you you guys want a direct pressure guy, Bernardo, since Ben wants to talk about Marcelo guys. Eh, probably. And Bernardo or Hodger. Those are your those are probably yeah. well we're basically gonna talk about some of the most uh, some different examples of passing that we like or we, we enjoy and just kind of go off that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for explaining that much clearer than I did. Yeah, and hopefully it won't take another month to do so. Yeah. Well, these things happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys so much. And say O's again. O's. O's.